Thank you for listening to TMA's Practice Well podcast. TMA, helping you improve the health of all Texans. Did you know that you can claim CME credit for many of TMA Practice Well podcasts? Just go to www.texmed.org forward slash C-M-E-T-O-G-O. Register for your podcast and follow the instructions to claim CME. The content of CME2Go podcasts do not relate to any product of a commercial interest. Therefore, there are no relevant financial relationships to disclose. Please be advised that the information and opinions presented as part of this podcast should not be used or referred to as a primary legal source and does not replace the advice of your health care attorney. Hi, I'm Heather Betridge, Associate Vice President of Practice Management Services at the Texas Medical Association. In our current state of emergency, so many things are changing day to day and even multiple times a day. It's very challenging, if not impossible, for one person to stay on top of everything. TMA is working closely in teams to try to keep up with the changes to give physicians a reliable source of information and possible solutions. Being able to continue to provide care to patients and keeping your practice open is a real concern for most physicians right now. Many physicians either have already implemented or are looking at providing telemedicine services, and there are significant changes and differences as to how these services are being paid. The information provided in this podcast was believed to be correct as of Friday, April 17, 2020, at 12 noon Central Time. Please refer to individual payer websites for the most up-to-date information or changes. So for today's COVID-19 podcast, I've invited Cara Benson, a TMA Practice Management Associate and Certified Coder, Coding Auditor, and Documentation Expert for Outpatient Services to give us an update and answer some of the questions that TMA staff are receiving. Welcome, Cara. Thanks, Heather. There have been so many changes happen in a short period of time. I would like to touch on the major commercial payers in addition to Medicare and Medicaid and what you will see as you navigate through their policies. Let's start with telehealth versus telemedicine. What's the difference? Or are they really the same thing? If things weren't difficult enough, we have two terms that leaves us questioning what's the difference. The World Health Organization uses them interchangeably as well as Medicare. Medicare's stance is that the terms are related and generally refer to exchange of medical information through electronic communication. You will see Medicare use both terms. Medicaid is the only payer I've seen distinguished between them, and it is based on the provider. 
telemedicine is typically provided by a physician, physician assistant, or nurse practitioner, whereas telehealth is provided by a broader range of providers. For the purpose of our conversation today, I will use the term telemedicine. Okay, let's talk about the new diagnosis codes. What can you tell us? The CDC published official diagnosis coding effective April 1st to be used for COVID-19 and related illnesses. The new code for a confirmed case of COVID is U07.1. With both CDC and the health plans, all guidance is focused around the respiratory-related illnesses. It is important to check your payer policies. Using Aetna as an example, they recognize the new code effective April 1st. Underneath the statement, they still have the full guidance for ICD-10 using B97.29. I wanted to point that out so you are aware the websites may still show instructions for the previous code, so be sure to look for dates it went into effect. Okay, and what about CPT codes? Let's look at some of the common codes recognized temporarily for telemedicine. So telehealth, we have 99201 to 99215, virtual check-in, which is G2010, G2012, and for e-visits, 99421 to 99423, and for telephone calls, 99 441 to 99443. Health plans, of course, are not recognized or paying the same codes in the same manner. It is extremely important to check with each payer for their specific guidelines. You will probably hear me say that often. Yeah, that's a great point and reminder. Thanks for the clarification on e-visits and virtual check-ins. Now, let's talk about modifiers. Again, this is a brief overview of the modifiers and places of service we are seeing referenced for physician services. Each payer has provided a multitude of differences in what they recognize and pay for. For example, I want to point out a modifier you may less be less familiar with, CR. Medicare is not requiring you to use this modifier. However, the current Cigna policy does include it in their guidance. As of now, no other plans are requiring it to be used. Wow, this really just shows that you do have to look at each payer every single time. We know the 2021 E&M changes are in place temporarily. Can you give us an update on what this means during this health crisis? Right. This is on an interim basis only. CMS will allow E&M levels to be based on medical decision-making or time. Time is defined as all of the time associated with the E&M. Although the E&M codes are not currently timed, they do have the times associated with them. Make sure to review 99201 to 99215 for the time that is associated with the code. You need to document the amount of time spent in the medical record. If you are focusing on medical decision-making, the elements will remain the same. The 2021 version of MDM will not be implemented at this time. And please note the requirement to document history and physical exam 
is also temporarily removed. But the expectation to document visits to ensure quality and continuity of care is still there, right? Absolutely. The standards have not changed. Make sure to document all relevant information to support billing for the service and avoid improper billing. As always, it is of utmost importance to support medical necessity and make sure you include relevant findings, tests ordered, treatment recommendations, and remember medical records must be complete to support billing for services. The Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services has said that Medicare will temporarily pay physicians and other healthcare professionals to provide certain in-home services via telehealth. Can you give an example of what this means and how it might change place of service? CMS published an interim final rule and clarified what providers will be reimbursed for in-person visits. For instance, If services were normally billed in the place of service of the office 11, providers will be paid the non-facility or office rate. CMS has also changed its billing guidance. They They now advise physicians who bill for the Medicare telehealth services to report the place of service code that would have been reported had the service been furnished in person. In addition to using your typical place of service, you will now append modifier 95. CMS has also expanded how physicians are paid for audio-only phone calls. They will now recognize 99441 to 99443. You will find these codes under the non-face-to-face telephone services section of the CPT manual. And historically, G2010 and G2012 were for established patients only. CMS is not enforcing this restriction and will allow you to treat new patients through these methods. CMS also stated that they will not conduct any reviews to determine if care was provided to an established patient. And lastly, they've added 80 codes they will recognize temporarily on the basis of public health emergency period. What changes are there for Medicaid? As for coding, Texas Medicaid recognizes E&M codes 99201 to 99215 with modifier 95 appended. Healthy Texas women and family planning will also follow these same guidelines. The new diagnosis code U07.1 will be recognized as well. Now, what about commercial payers? This can get really confusing, so what tools are available to help? As from the start, TMA has been gathering information on changes made to coding and billing. We've created a quick reference chart so physicians and their staff can see what the health plans are changing and recognize at a glance. You can view the chart at texmed.org under telemedicine help you need now. Going forward with all the commercial plans, self-funded plans can opt out, so we encourage you to check patients' plans that are not state-regulated. In the podcast description, you will find the links to all the major health plans we are covering today. It is important to check the websites for the most current updates. As you said, things can change daily. 
just looking at the major commercial payers, can you give some examples of what type of changes we'll see? Yes, let's start with Aetna. Aetna is recognizing modifiers GT and 95. Their guidelines do not require you to append the modifier to these specific codes. When you go to their COVID-19 resource page for providers, you will see they have guidance on what code they recognize for audiovisual and audio only and audiovisual, as well as what codes do require the modifiers. In general, the health plans are waiving cost share. You will see that each health plan is different as to what it applies to. For Aetna, they are waiving it regardless of diagnosis. They will also reimburse at the same rate as in person. You will see this is true across the board. If you are finding that not to be the case, please let us know. Blue Cross Blue Shield provides a list of CPT codes they recognize for telemedicine and telehealth. It does include office codes 99201 to 99215. Online digital evaluations, 99421 to 99423, and telephone evaluations, 99441 to 99443. You will need to append modifier 95 when you build the office ENM codes. Blue Cross Blue Shield does not specify in their policy which place of service they require. We asked for clarification and have been told to use place of service too. If or when this changes, we will be sure to update our quick reference chart with the most current information. That's helpful to know. Thank you. And that quick reference chart is on the TMA website. You find it easily by searching telemedicine quick reference chart. What about Humana? Humana has a good FAQ on their website. I recommend reviewing. As for the coding guidance, they want you to refer to CMS for the traditional Medicare and state requirements for all other lines of business. We requested clarification and can tell you that you need to bill with Place of Service 11 and Modifier 95. This will ensure you are paid the correct rate and reduce the possibility of an error. Now for Cigna. Up until recently, Cigna was the only health plan that provided a detailed chart showing what codes should be used under certain circumstances. The chart also shows you when cost share will be waived. For instance, a virtual visit for treatment of a confirmed COVID-19 case, you will use the usual face-to-face ENM code, GQ, GT, or 95 modifier, and cost share would be waived. They also direct you to use either U07.1 or B97.29 and put emphasis on billing the appropriate ICD-10 code in order for the cost share to be waived. If you are screening for suspected or likely COVID-19, you bill with the same usual E&M codes, GQ, GT, or 95 modifier. And in this case, you will need to add modifier CS and cost share would be waived. They also note that modifier CR can also be billed. Due to the different scenarios Cigna provides, I encourage you to go out to their website for further information. This can be so confusing. I mean, clear as mud. Not only for the differences between payers, but even the differences in specific scenarios. 
What does United Healthcare have? UHC recently posted a comprehensive guide that includes eight different coding scenarios. It includes which CPT or HixPix codes place a service 11, 20, 22, or 23 modifier if applicable and who to refer to for your ICD-10 code, which I can tell you it is CDC in every scenario. UHC will also waive cost share for in-network telehealth visit. Okay. Now, what about claims filing? Are there special considerations during pandemic? We encourage you to continue to file claims as normal. Payers have not waived the timely filing limit, so it is important for you to get them submitted on time. If a provider is unable to meet the timely filing deadline due to the COVID-19 outbreak, TDI, Texas Department of Insurance, has authorized the tolling of the submission deadline. Providers must notify TDI within 10 business days after operations return to normal. They require a certification, which is a sworn affidavit that identifies the specific nature and dates as well as the length of time the event caused the interruption to the claim filing process. Failure to do so will result in forfeiture of payment. Good point. So to recap, check the payers' websites daily for updates. Bookmark www.texmed.org forward slash practice viability, where TMA's practice viability toolkit can be found front and center. The toolkit collates much of the information, resources, and links physicians need to make informed decisions about their practice's viability during this pandemic. We've organized the toolkit topically and have embedded hyperlinks throughout so that you can quickly find information and we'll continually update as changes are identified. Cara, thank you so much for this informative update. Thank you for having me, Heather. Physicians, you can claim CME credit for today's podcast and other podcasts from TMA's channel, TMA Practice Well. Just go to www.texmed.org forward slash CME to go. That's www.texmed.org forward slash C-M-E-T-O-G-O.